0: breaking down the stigma of pursuing mental health and making it a priority, improving and saving lives. All right. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good day. I'm John McCaskill, your host, and thanks for tuning in to the Veterans Path podcast. This podcast is just a piece of what we do at Veterans Path. Veterans Path is actually a nonprofit working to introduce veterans and active service members to meditation and mindfulness, And we typically do that in outdoor settings so that they can rediscover a sense of peace, acceptance, transformation, and honor. And that's where the word path in our name comes from. And the point of this podcast is to make people more aware of what we do to increase support of Veterans Path, increase attendance at our retreats, and so we are able to help people and uh, help more people and finally to reduce the stigma around mindfulness, meditation, mental health support, and with our guest today, mental performance. Listeners and viewers, if you're enjoying the show, please give us a review or a like and and share the show with anyone and everyone you think benefit from our message. Also, you can directly support Veterans Path by clicking on the support button on the podcast or by visiting veteranspath.org forward slash donate. All right, today I'm honored to have as my guest, Lieutenant Colonel Andy Reese. Andy is a transitioning US Army officer. He currently serves as a mental performance coach for the Colorado Rockies Major League Baseball Team, a professor of practice at Texas A&M University's Coaching Academy, and management consultant with several companies. His expertise is in the evidence-based best practices of sport and performance psychology and applied behavioral science disciplines. Over his 20-year career, he has served in a variety of leadership positions highlighted by multiple combat tours, five years with two special forces units, and teaching psychology and leadership at West Point and the Air Force Academy. He has been married to his wife Katie for over 17 years and they have four children together. He also contributes to several VSOs that help veterans and their families successfully reintegrate and transition to the civilian sector and he is a published author. We're gonna learn a lot more about Andy, his time in the Army, his background in coaching and consulting and his work in the mental performance and resiliency development world And that's all here in today's episode of the Veterans Path Podcast. But before we jump into the conversation with Andy, for our audio version of the podcast, I'll go ahead and stop right here for a quick plug for our sponsors. All right, welcome back. As mentioned in the intro, my guest today is soon to be retiring Army Lieutenant Colonel and sports psychology expert, Andy Reese. Andy, welcome to the show, man.
1: Hey, it's uh, it's a pleasure, brother. Just one quick aside: what I what I love about you and I is that we're both two thousand one Academy grads. We never met before, but we just go back and forth with each other just all the time, like giving <laughs> each other a hard time, man. And it's uh it's it's fantastic. I love that.
0: Yeah, for for those of you who are listening on audio and not watching on YouTube, Andy in the background, uh, he has a sync navy sign uh, that he looks like maybe his uh, daughter made or actually it's probably what he made because that's about the, the writing skills that I believe Andy has. Uh, it's probably written in crayon uh, for, for you only, uh, U.S. That's military right. academy types. So, yeah, that's the type of grief that Andy and I give one another and there's probably going to be plenty of it through the show. So, uh, oh, yeah. yeah, just bear with us. So, you know, two academy grads from different academies, um, it's, uh, it's bound to be an interesting show. So, Andy, right. hey man, my my standard initial question uh, in the intro, where I covered a little bit about you and your career, and you obviously heard all that. Uh, what else would you like our listeners to know about you, Andy?
1: Yeah, I just I am a I'm a coach, you know. I mean that that's who I am, and and that's what I'm all about. Um, a lot of people don't think about guys in the military like you and I as as coaches, but you know, I, the military is the ultimate team sport. And um, that's, you know, as a servant leader, that's what I was called to do. That's what I'm all about is helping people get better um, at what they do as a coach.
0: Right on, man. Yeah. It sounds like, you know, that has been instilled in you through and through since you were uh, a very young age in, in playing sports and and through the academy. And now since you've been in the military and everything that all the training that you've done. So where, where did you actually grow up? So I
1: grew up in Northern California, um, a, a small town in the Central Valley. Um, a lot of people think of California, they think of like surfing or, you know, being on the coast, but it, you could probably pick up my town and put it in Texas and that'd uh, be okay. <laughs> I and mean, then there was trucks and uh, rodeo there and it's very agricultural. Um, but yeah, I mean, it just a uh, very small town, um, uh, great place to grow up.
0: Nice. And, and did you grow up playing, um, football and, and any other sports?
1: Yeah, so I mean, I, I grew up. I mean, you. I mean, we're both children of the '80s, right? And remember the yeah. big soccer boom, and yeah. uh, that—that's where I cut my teeth in sports. And uh, I always joke around. My dad was my coach for all my. I four sisters, and my dad was always our coach. And I, with my funny Norwegian name, you can tell he's a real big fan of our our, our Viking history. So every <laughs> single one of our teams was always the Vikings, and so. Uh, so what's cool about that is that uh I, my I, I my dad was was coaching us up on the warrior mindset like really early and often.
0: Yeah, well, so what age was that that you're learning about the warrior mindset and and uh being a viking and and valhalla yeah. and and skull. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah, and, uh, Vanquishing
1: uh souls, yeah. Is uh <laughs> No, uh it was probably about 5. I mean, no no sooner. And that's what's great about soccer as a sport. Um you know, and it's no wonder why it's it's so popular over the world. It just takes – we've been in places where, you know, kids take a ball of trash and they, you know, could form two lines and anything sure. play by yourself or any other kid. So, I mean, that's just great. I mean, just kicking a ball around and then just, just competing at an early level and uh, learning what that is and and everything that goes into, you know, uh, crafting your mind, your body. And being a part of a team has just been a, my parents will tell you that I I came out of the womb with a, a ball in my hand. So anything with a ball I, and it's a team sport I love.
0: <laughs> That's exact opposite for me, man. I am uh, I started playing basketball and soccer uh, and then yeah. I hit a growth spurt somewhere along the way and, and ball sports, right. that they went out the window, man. Uh, coordination was not my thing. <laughs> and uh, so I ended up being a running guy and, and specifically yeah. straight line running guy uh, like, so like straight line sports where no ball is involved. Hey, I, yeah. I'm all day. Like skiing, I'm good. Snowboarding, yeah. no thanks. If I'm going sideways, <laughs> I'm, I'm no good. Yeah. So, well, hey yeah, well, man, I love all um,
1: sports. Man, I love all sports. Yeah. My wife says my wife says that you know I could watch two co- cockroaches racing and have a good time. <laughs> we're,
0: we're all good. Right on, man. Well, I've got some sports for you to watch. Then I'll start charging you pay per view kind of ticket prices. So, awesome. well um your your background in sports um at what what age did you start actually playing football and start targeting going to uh west point yeah i mean i i'm a
1: late bloomer i mean i always have been you know uh, my wife says i'm, I'm still a work in progress but uh <laughs> i uh I, I probably started back in about 12 when i was playing football um and playing tackle play, well you know i mean started playing it you know. Um, Played football, stuff like that, at a pretty early age. Like, in middle, like middle school is when I started playing tackle football. Really started developing an affinity for it. But I did really didn't start getting good until um, my my junior year of high school is when I started getting good enough. And then I had a really good senior year. Um, and so, uh, but, you know, be, growing in California, I mean, it's a huge state. Really competitive um, just for the schools and the Pac-10, if you will, at the time, too. And so I didn't have the body of work to get me recruited to like a full scholarship to go to like uh you know or Stanford which was in my backyard or um, even like a UC Davis or something like that who was a division one A. so i got some offers to walk on to fresno state but really army was my only uh, like a lot of guys that we went to school with was my only full ride opportunity
0: nice yeah so how do you feel your your background in in soccer your background in sports and then your background in football how do you think that prepared you for for your career in the army and the the initial part of that career at west point
1: yeah i mean it's a it's a great question i mean it was really my vehicle to go to the academy i mean i had no business going there otherwise i I think you know i look at especially when i went back and taught i was like man how did i get here and uh i you know, so I went to the prep school and John, you didn't go, you didn't go to the Naval Academy prep school, right? You came enlisted right to the Academy, right?
0: Yeah, that's correct. But uh, a lot yeah. of my friends, all three of my roommates uh, went to the prep school.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like in, a, in our, my buddy, I grew up with Kevin McNatt. Shout out to Kevin if he's listening oh, yeah, and your, your, your classmate. Uh, yep. Yeah. Who's, who's still serving. And, uh, but yeah, we, uh, Kevin and I grew up playing baseball that Was my first love as an aside. Uh, but anyways, we, I went to the, I went to the, the prep school for West Point, which a lot of people don't know about. If your listeners are out there, all the academies have a preparatory school that feeds directly into the academy, and it's a it's a great vehicle that a lot of people don't know about um, to help. Like if you are just shy in one area, like for me it was math. I hated math. I sucked at math. I, I was really you know. And so you're playing at the juco level, and you're playing other other preparatory schools in the East Coast, and mainly in like New York, New Jersey, Connecticut areas, were in Pennsylvania's were. I kind of cut my teeth. I had a really good prep school year. Uh, of course, we lost the Navy, damn it. And uh, <laughs> so, uh, but anyways, we, uh, yeah, I just, I, I really did well. Um, and it really kind of launched me. But just everything I learned on the gridiron at West Point, I mean, it just was so difficult playing ball. And then all the grind that you and I lived through as far as academically and militarily, athletically, it's a full-time job. And then just struggling through that. And, and for me, how I found sports psychology was you know i i just i was a fullback or recruited as a fullback you know that's a big part of who i am and um in terms of my leadership style how i go about life but for me that if everything else was equal physically and technically and tactically on the football field and all these guys are coming and they're from the, they're the best in their state you know they're the best in their school um and they're all really smart talented guys you know big fast strong to me, the thing that, you know, I I just switched positions my sophomore year. I switched from fullback to defense. I'm playing like a hybrid linebacker, down lineman position, completely out of my comfort zone. And I'm already, you know, just drowning in in academy life. And here I am. I just had this against this overwhelming odds. And, you know, I just couldn't get out of my own way. I mean, I had all the tools physically, technically. But in my mind, these six between my ears, I couldn't get out of my own way. You know, I was overthinking things. I was lacking self-confidence. I was having a hard time concentrating to learn the playbook. And uh, luckily the, like, uh, and I believe the Naval Academy has one for the, on the academic side, all universities have a student support center. Um, And, but but West Point has a really unique one called the Center for Enhanced Performance where they take the best practices from sport and performance psychology and they import, import those best practices into a unique center that supports all three uh, legs of the stool at the academy, which is they support the the leader development, military side of things in terms of those intangible attributes of leadership. They support the academic side in terms of an educational psychology side, like learning, study skills, speed reading, um, the tutoring program. And then athletically, obviously it translates really easily because that's, uh, you know, how do you become more confident despite setbacks, concentrate amongst distractions? How do you stay composed in extreme circumstances? Um, You know, how do you improve your memory, stay goal-oriented, you know, all those things that you think about training the mental part of your game, which are really prevalent now. They, they weren't then. So uh, my my coach at the time said, "Hey, you need to go see you know go see one of these guys at the SEP, the Center for Enhanced Performance." And ironically, the captain I worked with then, Army captain, who went and got his master's degree, um, you know, he uh, he and I just stayed in touch. And what he taught me not only helped me on the playing field, it helped in all aspects of my my life at the academy. I leveraged the SEP; it became kind of my island in the storm if you will. And, and that just really, you know, made me a, a better person all the way around. I think and it, and it helped me get through the Academy and then translate to when we got commissioned.
0: Nice man. And then <laughs> through your military career, how did um, sports psychology come into play? First of all, and then second of all, how yeah. did you actually end up pursuing this as a second career? Like what's the process for that?
1: Yeah, uh, you know, obviously, obviously, like, you and I got, uh, you know, we got commissioned in right? We're And, yeah. you know, we're in our basic course. And, and um, you know, you and I can remember that vividly. It was like, we're, you're a brand-new Ensign McCaskill. I'm brand-new Lieutenant Reese. And all of a sudden, nine eleven happens, you know? And it just really brought this whole level of purpose and seriousness to our craft and what we were doing. You know, because you and I, we came up and, you know, the, uh, yeah, we had the, the, bulk, the Balkan Wars and everything going on in Bosnia and stuff like that, too. But right. very different sense of purpose as sure. you can recall, in terms of our preparation, right? And, uh, and uh, so, so I mean, like, you know, what it meant to be a warrior and in, in, in this holistic approach to fitness really became um, part of our training development. I, I'm lucky I had some really good leaders that really emphasized that. A guy named Chuck Rogerson, um, retired as six, was my first battalion commander. He's a BMI football player. And he really challenged us, um, you know, to, to not only get ready for combat, from a, a physical standpoint which we know is the tried and true you know and from a training standpoint from technical and tactical part of our craft but also to improve our to work on our mental game our social game our uh spiritual game this holistic approach to fitness as far as developing yourself as a warrior which you know i, I didn't know until i met him was you know thousands of years old you know a tried and true way of working your mind body and spirit and then uh, in terms of getting you ready for combat and how important that is in combat, seeing that manifest itself in our multiple rotations. So it was been really telling. So I think the lessons that I learned from SEP really trickled down into, so I was like, okay, well, how do you, it goes back to, okay, yeah, training your mind is really important, but how do you do that? Well, I had, I had an idea, an inkling of how to do that. And then I did a lot of self-study towards doing that. And then um, that really all kind of came to a head when I was on my second combat rotation. I was, uh, of course, you remember, I mean, we weren't ever really trained to be advisors, right? And I know, yeah, as an artillery officer, I was trained to do that. Probably as a SEAL commander, you probably weren't trained to do that. But we were both right. forced to do that in our points of our career, right? Yep. Yeah, so here I am. I'm, you know, three months at Fort Riley, Kansas. You get, you know, hey, you know, hurry up and shove ten pounds of stuff in a one-pound bag and go off on your way, and go be a combat advisor to this Iraqi army unit in Mosul, Iraq. You know, with like ten other dudes you've never met in your life. You know, you've, you've known for <laughs> nine days. Good luck with that, right? Yeah, because um, yeah, it takes, you know, SF guys like, you know, three years to do that. But you can do that in three months. Good idea. Arnie. <laughs> so, uh, uh, anyway, so we um, I, I think that's when really I was tested mentally the most because it was a very difficult combat rotation, um, you know, and so just I was so tested mentally and emotionally as much as I was physically really that really tested me. And then I, I got this opportunity to go back to West Point. I, I was supposed to go back to a unit and command again company level and then um you know probably deploy again and, and i just missed the birth of my second son uh his name is jonah and, and i was living about you know a mile away from jonah's tomb like the prophet type of an end of a province you know i'm living with the iraqi army in it in a shack somehow we had internet i don't know how but you know i get an email from uh you know a, a guy named doug chadwick who i now work with with the rockies and uh hey he's looking he, he sends it out to army the army football bro net Hey, who's interested to come back <laughs> to West Point? Yeah, it's, you know, how, that's how the world works, right? Hey, who yeah. wants to go back to West Point and uh, come teach at West Point? Oh, by the way, we can't send you to get your master's. But so I, I forwarded that to my wife, like, hey, babe, what do you think? And meanwhile, she's just drowning in life. You know, she's got a toddler and a newborn. and Brand new one. Yeah. And she's like, um, yes, let, let's do this. And, and it was really just an opportunity for us to pull off on the roadside of life and figure things out. I I always knew I wanted to explore being a teacher and I thought this was a good opportunity to do that. And, uh, you know, still I didn't know a lot about sports psychology, you know, and I didn't know about the art and science of it. But, um, I tell you what, when I showed up, I took a three week, like faculty development course. And by, um, you know, it was led by Bernie holiday, Dr. Bernie holiday, who's a giant in my field. He's now the head sports psych for the Pittsburgh pirates. Um, and it just was, it just blew my mind. I mean, these light bulbs were just going off. And uh, I was like, I, it was kind of those aha moments when, you know, I'm sure that you found when you found meditation and that started when I found there was a language and an art and science to performance psychology. It was like, this is, it was just very clear to me that I, this is what I was meant to do. And I got to figure it out.
0: Nice. Well, your, your last sentence, there was a perfect segue for my next question or kind of topic stimulator. Um, the. In the intro, I mentioned most of our guests have some type of connection with mindfulness, meditation, or mental health. Yeah. And you're talking a lot about mental performance. What is the difference between mental performance and mental health? And is there an, an overlap between the two?
1: 100% uh, great question. I know um, this is important kind of to distinguish distinguish this two because I think, the good news is that we're in this environment where people um, understand what the what words mean things and then they understand they can make a choice, right? Just like yeah. physically, there's Orange Theory and CrossFit and, you know, there's, you know, all these boutique Zumba or whatever it is, you know, there's on the physical side, on the mental side, you know, there's, there's a, when it comes to skill development, there's a whole spectrum that your audience that, you know, doesn't know about, should know about and then so let's talk about performance So performance is executing tasks at the upper range of your potential that's pretty standard definition of what that means you know um and then in terms of you know the whole spectrum upon that so you know you you had uh you had um, um mark divine on who did a great job yeah. i love his five mountains and we look at the human dimension and you know he his five hit five mountains he includes like intuition on there too mine's a little bit different we took to the human dimension you know, it's mental, emotional, uh, spiritual, social, you know, and physical, right? And so that's how those would be my five mountains. And okay, my, and it goes back from the human development side of things, too. There's other variants of that. And Mark does a great job of his. But let's talk about the mental side of things, right, and where this comes from. Psychology as a field comes from, you know, the health side of things. You know, it's 200 years old. You know, and people like the giants in the field come from, like, you know, Freud and those folks who are, Really comes from this side of pathology. People, I did. Why? Why do people get sick from a mental and emotional standpoint, right? And then not only why does that happen, but how do we treat that? And that's incredibly important. That's the foundation of all psychology. So everything is built off of that foundation. And and I'll just say, as a guy who's, I've been a huge advocate from the mental health side of things. I've I've been diagnosed with PTSD and TBI. I've always been a huge advocate of it, and I'm even more so now. Um, You know, but. So we have mental health and pathology and treating that side of things, too. Then it moves to the next thing when it gets into the resilience and coping strategies. And that deals with, uh, with uh, counseling psychology, right? So you think about people who are licensed counselors and, um, and so on and so forth have to do that. You have to have a license to practice that. And actually, and that, their job is to prevent people from going into pathology. And then you continue to move on along that spectrum. Now you start to get into the performance end of the spectrum. And, and again, the roots come from mental health and, and coping. Now we're trying to move people from coping and bouncing back from adversity. Now they're moving into how do I kick ass between the ears? and How do I do that consistently over time? And that's where my focus is as a field in sport and performance psychology because sports is where it comes from. That's really the arena application. But performance, you know, we're performing right now. You know, you perform as a, a husband, as a father you, in your job every single day. The performance arena things as being at our best when it matters most, is a universal construct. Just like the resilience and health side of the construct is is universal as well, too. Right. So that's sure. that's kind of the difference there too, and how they're interrelated. But they're also interdependent, I would say, because you move along that spectrum over the course of your life. You can be a high performer and be depressed. You know, it's very hard to be a high performer and depressed. But you you and I have been there, right? And yeah. I think your listeners can understand that.
0: Absolutely. I, I mean, many, many listeners uh, of, of of the three listeners that I have, uh, I'm pretty sure two of them <laughs> can relate. <laughs> but no, seriously. Um, yeah, yeah it's, it's an absolute great point there in that there are very high performers with that mental performance that may be struggling with their mental health. Um, but yeah, yeah great points, man. So you mentioned resiliency there at the yeah. end. Yeah, uh, and you're hearing a lot more about that in the military. You're hearing a lot more about that in mainstream yeah. media. What does that term actually mean to you, and how does one develop resilience or resiliency?
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a great point. I mean, it's it's near and dear to me. I mean, I say you can't spell resilient without Reese, right? You know, and so, <laughs> uh, you know, just a different form of it, right? And so, yeah. uh, so I resent, to answer your question, I mean, uh, resilience is the my definition is the ability and willingness to bounce back from adversity and then adapt over time. And and you'll notice that there's an ability, there's like a skill piece, and experience that goes into with that too. And then there's the willingness. You, like You have to want to be able to be resilient, you know, um, and to cope and deal with adversity, right, too. Then you have to develop a set of skills that through experience will help you learn how to do that. Um, you also have to be willing to be able to deliberately get discomfort. And that's kind of what our book's about, which I know we're gonna talk about, but yeah, you and I, I mean, and our sports background like you know you grow by getting uncomfortable and then the idea about seeking that as a way of growing is important I mean you know um, there's some people who think that hey you can only grow through adversity the reality is that you, you grow from your both your successes and your failures so the research will tell you that you learn you definitely learn more for the, through by going through adversity in difficult times I mean look, look what we're dealing with right now with coronavirus right from as a society from a macro level all the way down to what we're dealing with in our daily lives. I mean, you know, you're dealing with screaming kids before you get on that. I'm dealing with kids who are, or kids who are trying to do e learning for the first time. It's a freaking dumpster fire, you know? Um, but that's life. And I think that your ability to bounce back, I call it playing deep. In simple terms, John, I call it playing defense, right? Yeah. Championship teams are built on playing defense, man, and performance is offense. You got to be healthy to get on the field. You got to play good, good championship defense. And then you, but really, your focus should be on playing, scoring points through offense. In, in my opinion,
0: right? Uh, how did uh, How did the Army Navy game end up last year? <laughs> Sorry, I just had to inject that with the, the talk of defense and offense. I couldn't resist, so it was bound to come up at some point. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'll just what, let, really, let really
1: down. resilient people have a short memory, and I have like this thing called it's called uh, intentional amnesia. Like I don't even know what you're talking. <laughs> about. I'm, I'm already focusing on. I'm already focusing on December, bro. I'm <laughs> <more> on. <laughs>
0: good, good, good. Well, I, I don't remember the three years prior to that, but I remember the 14 years prior to that. So, <laughs> so anyway, moving on, moving <laughs> keep on.
1: those laurels, bro. Just keep resting on those laurels.
0: <laughs> so so uh, personally and professionally, have, yeah. have you applied the lessons that you learned in, in all your education on resilience and sports psychology yeah. to overcome obstacles along the way?
1: Oh, I mean, hundred percent. I mean, I, I'm the I, I'm the first step in the laboratory, right? You know, is that I, I got a beta, got a beta test ourselves. It's it's funny is that there's a joke that, and you can appreciate this. And you know, anybody who got into the field of psychology as a practitioner probably had some sort of barrier or obstacle they were getting through themselves. That was definitely the case for me. I mean, I have screwed up so much of my life, John. I can't even tell you. We we got to schedule a whole another two hours to talk about. My <laughs> um, That'd be a whole different but, you know, show it's a whole different show, man. I mean, yeah. and but you know, um, just, I have had just so many difficulties that I've gone through my, my brother-in-law being killed when I was a sophomore in high school. Um, and then having him change high schools. I mean, I barely got into West point of the prep school. I struggled the whole time there. I recycled my officer basic course. Um, I almost, almost lost my career two years ago, you know, in a, in a major mistake that I, that I made, you know, that, you know, I went through a, a, a depression and a, you know, and I still struggle with forgiving myself um, from that too. And luckily it, it all turned out well and we're retiring and we're on the up and up. Right. But I mean, when you go, I, we live our lives in the valleys, right. You know, and then, you know, that's what I love about Mark's stuff is that you get these peaks, but we really live our lives in the valleys and getting through the struggle of the day-to-day grind, the mundanity of excellence is what I call it. And so to me, I've really um, applied things to where I've got to be control the controllables. I understand. I mean, I go back on my stoic philosophy, background, um, which is really focusing on that, which you control, which is how you think, how you feel, how you act and react, how you influence others. Um, the other, you you use selective perception, which is the idea about, Hey, how do I filter out what happens to me? And then I take what's good, just like a coffee filter. And then I, and I extract what's bad in any situation. Um, and then I, you know, continually try to grow and learn through that. What, What do I say to myself? What do I choose to focus on? How does that keep me motivated and fuel me? And and everything that I do from day to day. And, uh, you know, just like anybody, I mean, I don't have it all figured out uh, by any stretch of the means, but, um, you know, I'm trying to become the best version of myself. And to me, that's what competing is all about. And if you're a really good competitor, which you and I are by, we're hardwired to do that. But if you're a really good competitor, then you're trying to make yourself better. You're trying to make other people better. And to me, that's what it's all about.
0: Oh, yeah, I love that. Uh, that's actually I'm going through uh, kind of a a course where we have to work to discover our why, and that's a big oh, piece it. of uh, mine. too. Is, is yeah, it's, it's Simon Siddick's, uh, you yeah, know find I'm your why. It it's it, it's in yeah. the honor foundation. Are you are you in the honor foundation, or or yep. are you just doing that on your on your own? So it's uh, I'm I'm doing it through. I'm just doing it on my own, but I'm, I'm working nice. with a guy Jeff Pottinger who oh introduced- dude. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's who he was, uh, he did the whiteboard session, the W H Y board session. Uh, oh, man, yeah. that's, uh, that's super impactful. But what I was going to say is my why is similar to what you just kind of defined as, as yours is, is helping yeah. others kind of become their best version of themselves. Uh, or at yeah. least some, something like that. Uh, I'm not going to read my why right now on the, <laughs> on the podcast, sure. but it's similar to that. And then, uh, going back to the coffee analogy yeah. or coffee filter, that's awesome, man. I love that. That's uh That's a great way of kind of uh, visualizing what you do in your life as bad things come your way. I mean, nobody wants those coffee grounds, which are not obviously the analogy for the the tough parts of our lives, but we want the coffee, which is the good stuff. But you have to go through the coffee grounds to get to the coffee. So (laughs) it's
1: bitter as all hell, man. You know?
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, um, I want to kind of transition to um, transition. And what you're doing through your transition, how it came to be, um, and, and what what you're actually taking advantage of the the fellowship that you're working through. So maybe you could yeah. share it with some of our listeners that maybe they don't know about it, and uh, right. and we can talk through that. So what what is it that you're doing, and what uh, who are you working for?
1: Yeah. So kind of before I get that, I've I've been really inspired and motivated by guys like you who've done such an awesome job transitioning with you know class and grace and you know, so hats off to you. Like, you know, I, you Thanks, know, brother.
0: Even, I appreciate
1: even, that. Even though we don't know each other, like we run in the same circles and part of your reputation is not only doing it right, but then helping other people along the way, you know, so Amen. Like, you helped Amen. me. I, you totally helped me. I, I didn't, I didn't know. I was trying to find the fellowship route, which, you know, the dude, these skills bridge program is so prevalent now, but it's new. There's not a lot of information out there. And right. you and I being special operations vets, like I leaned on you, I knew you were doing one. Through the honor foundation you told me about the socom one and then i yeah. just went from there so i'm doing my fellowship so i just started um you know i'm on a fellowship a sabbatical if you will like you are right now i finished my last week of the army when crap hit the fan last week and uh but for the next nine months um i get to be on active duty and, and basically be a free agent and um and so what's cool about my internship is like yours allowed me to choose my own adventure um and really <laughs> Yeah, and, and I wanted to do, I wanted to explore a few things, right? There's a couple different approaches to do that. And some people, they want to go explore an industry uh, or a specific job or company. To me, I wanted to explore the industries, right? So the yeah. three things, answer your question, three things that I wanted to do, uh, I wanted to explore professional sports, right? You know, and being a professional coach, I'm um, working with the Colorado Rockies as a mental performance coach, the guy that I told you about that brought me back to West Point when I was in Mosul, Iraq. Yeah. That deployment. That same dude when he got back his PhD, he came back um, and ran that department, and then he retired, and then got picked up to be the head sports psychology consultant for the Rockies full time staff. He got promoted. He's building his staff out because you know they've got four hundred people spread across seven different locations. You know, six in the states, one in the Dominican Republic. It's a huge organization. So yeah. how do you provide mental skills training for a population at different levels in their development? from the big league all the way down to rookie ball. So I'm helping do that. It's super exciting. Um, The second thing I'm doing is uh, I'm I'm, uh, working for the Texas A&M University Coaching Academy. So I'm currently stationed at Fort Benning, Georgia. Uh, Got a lot of Fort Benning. I know you spent some time down here. Uh, Good. And uh, so uh, we're getting ready to move to Texas, north of Houston, and probably about 50 miles from the campus at College Station where the flagship is there. They have a coaching academy, which I know we're going to talk about, yeah. and uh, I'm going to help, uh, be the director of their veterans coaching program. And then I'm going to you know get a chance to teach and then do a lot of outreach and do a lot of our e-learning stuff, which I'm super excited about, especially that's kind of one of the opportunities that I think is really coming to the forefront is, is e-learning. Um, and then the third thing I'm gonna do is management consulting type stuff too. I'm already aligned with a few companies that are out there. And, uh, a lot of people, I'll just say it because the next question is always like, how the hell are you doing all this?
0: <laughs> that was my next question, man. How are yeah. you doing it?
1: Yeah. And then being married and having four kids, I mean, the, the short answer yeah. is very carefully. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, um, but like, you know, like yourself, and I remember, you know, you had a great conversation with uh, Mark about this too. It's like, hey, you have to be very deliberate and intentional as far as what you say yes to, you know, and I've been one of those right. guys i've been overextended because i'm like i got add like literally and i get i get sucked into these rabbit holes and i have a hard time saying yes because i'm a pleaser but i've had I've, I've had to like when you know if my goals are oriented with my purpose and my values and what i want to do and then then good things are going to happen and that's kind of how i've aligned these three things And i don't know especially in this economy what's gonna what's gonna happen you know am i gonna do yeah. all three or I just do one or none and you know i i my joke is I can always go flip burgers or burger. I don't know. I mean, you know, so um, Who
0: knows. hopefully one
1: of those things. But, yeah, I, I have to be very deliberate and intentional with my energy and my attention.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and, and I mean, I think you're, you're – uh... go ahead.
1: No, that's – I'm sorry. Yeah, I stepped on it yeah.
0: Oh, no, you're good. Uh, so um, what I was going to say is I think that um, you've got a lot of great options out there. You, I mean, you've got three – fairly robust options there, any one of which could be great. And you've got three of them. And then, um, you've, you've set yourself up for success, but coming back to, you know, struggling to say no to certain things, it's because not, I I don't know that it's necessarily because you're, you're, you're ADD, but it's because you see the potential in a lot of things. And I do the same thing, um, in, you know, somebody will come to me and they're like, Hey, what do you what do you think about this opportunity? And I'm like, oh, and I can kind of see where that opportunity could potentially go, and right. I like where that goes, and I'm like, yes, let's do that. And I find myself uh, overextending quite often, uh, so it's definitely something you have to be aware of. Um, sure. And and it's it's uh, it can be uh, detrimental to you. It can be detrimental to your mental health. It can be detrimental sure. to your relationships. Uh, so it's definitely something you have to be mindful of so no no pun intended (laughs) there (laughs) so So true yeah
1: but just just to rip off that real quick i mean
0: yeah
1: going back to adversity in these times that we're in you know it really puts things in perspective as far as what's really important right like you know and i and i i feel very fortunate because i know there's a lot of people who are hurting right now like you know not only legitimately worried about their health and in their economic future their people are socially isolated which is difficult um you know and which is why I promote physical distancing, not social distancing, by the way. Hey,
0: but, we, we say the same thing, man. The same exact yeah, thing.
1: Is John O'Grady is right there. Shout out to yeah. John. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I, I just think that, you know, sometimes it takes getting, you know, punched in the face before you realize that to for you to like wake up and be like, wow, um, I, I'm just I'm just truly overextended. I'm trying to be everything to everyone. I'm, I become nothing to no one. And I think everyone, yeah. a lot of people get in that situation. And, and when you're kind of forced to like, I'm closing my own house and I'm spending time with my family and you know, and now and now I'm forced to give them attention, my energy. Well, that's where my attention and energy should have been in the first place, you know? Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You talked about that, that off ramp, uh, when you went to West point, I mean, what I'm kind of envisioning or trying to reframe this whole Corona pandemic as is, is a giant pause button. And it's an opportunity for us all to take an off ramp from what we've been focused on, Uh, whether it's our work, whether it's our finances, whether it's our status and focus on what's truly important. And that's, you know, friends and family that are, you know, right there with us if they're physically right there with us, or if we could connect with them through social media or whatever. But uh, the bottom line is it's shifting everybody's focus. And I think it's allowing us all to take a breath, take a pause and uh, and kind of reset. So, yeah. Yeah. So, Hey, um, you mentioned your book, I want to come back to that here, but can you tell us more about the, uh, the Texas a and Coaching Academy uh, specifically the veterans coaching program and what that is um, and how you got involved with that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and this is, this is relevant to not only veterans who are active duty, but transitioning who are already out and also their family members. Those are kind of our verticals. So um, if you're interested in athletic coaching or teaching, um, you know, or either as part-time or full-time, um, there's not a lot of programs that are out there. Um, there is a great veteran service organization called soldiers to sidelines, but it's kind of this blue nice. ocean. And the problem set is that there's a lot of, I mean, you and I benefited from coaching growing up, you know, um, uh, absolutely. And coaches play such an important role in developing young people in uh, but there's a shortage of coaches all over the country. And I didn't really realize this until I uh, started talking to AM and and, and, uh, you know, and, and veterans play such a key role in that because we have this body of knowledge, skills, and experience as leaders, either aspiring leaders or leaders, that can then help fill that gap. And, um, and so I got tipped off onto the Texas a Coaching Academy um, just by – I was actually interested in a certification through executive coaching, actually, ironically. Found their website, found their program, reached out to them, met a guy named Dr. John Thornton, who's an Aggie legend, um, lifelong coach. Um, he's a, a Hall of Famer for the basketball team, was their head basketball coach, interim athletic director at one point. And then he was asked to start this coaching academy. Its initial initial charter mission was to provide, um, you know, uh, education on the undergrad and graduate level for students at a who wanted to get an athletic coaching administration. They then started helping out the, the employment side of things. And then, but for, for about a year now, they've been interested in really supporting veterans. And and I didn't even know. I'm not. I, I don't had my brother-in-law went to Texas A&M. He's an army doctor. Um. So my sister-in-law, but I knew Texas A&M had a, a military tradition. But I didn't know it was as big as it is. I mean, I didn't know they were basically a military uh, college in, until the 1970s. And they have just a long-standing tradition of supporting veterans and their family members. And so they, um, as I was looking to transition, they were asking me to come on board, not only to help teach undergrads and grads, but to help develop this veterans coaching program. And our mission is to educate, train, certify, and assist with employment in a a network, a community of of veterans who want to get into athletic coaching, teaching, athletic administration, um, who who want to fill part-time roles as athletic trainers, um, who want to maybe get into strength and conditioning, uh, whatever those roles fall under within the um sports management kind of larger field uh, and so we uh we're doing some really cool stops so we're doing some stuff um on campus so in summer of 2021 we're gonna have our first resident program so it's basically uh, you know i stole it from tuck next step and stanford ignite you went it's next step
0: to... right there baby
1: <laughs> yeah man i mean what an awesome <laughs> program right yeah. I, I totally yeah. stole it so we're basically doing a t- <laughs> we're basically doing a tuck next step for for coaches man i mean nice. at, at, at AM and and uh I just – and we're going to bring together similar populations like you went through, and, you know, to where, like, hey, vets who want to get into athletics and coaching, um, you've got you – know, you're going to have people who are, who are already in the field who are there as well, too, and you got undergrads. You bring them together for two weeks in a resident program to, and then to learn their craft, and come out with a certification from AM. That's one of the things we're doing. Um, and another thing we're thinking is really building out our online program, and we've, we're working with a company called Skypack, to help, uh, you know, this is where our interest in design thinking comes in is, you know, to where we're designing, developing, delivering really high quality content that's interactive and, and facilitates the adult learning model virtually. And Beautiful. Um, yeah, and you know, and that's gonna be a wave that a lot of people are gonna be kind of like, they're gonna be jumping on as the wave starting to hit. But I, I feel like A&M was, was on that swell ahead of time. And because it's such a scale issue everywhere, and, it, and there's 15,000 high schools in Texas alone, so like right then and there, how do you, how do you bridge the scale gap? And I think e-learning um, is going to be with the future. And I think this is really kind of, uh, this is creating an opportunity really to, to, to where I like the Elon Musk approach. So it's like, let's, we're going to move in this direction and technology is going to follow. And I, I think that's what we're doing at A M, which I'm really excited to be a part of.
0: Yeah. Well, the online learning uh, that, that whole shift is, Obviously, being forced upon us, we've always talked about online courses here and there, but now, now we're having it forced on us to, you know, not just for college students at the, you know, community college level, but yeah, across the spectrum from high school, junior high, all the way up through right. like the the Ivy League colleges. Um, yeah. So it's it's a, it is the wave of the future, whether we like it or not. So yeah. the, the Texas A and M Coaching Academy's Veterans Coaching Program, you talked yeah. about that. Almost as though it's something that is coming down the line is, is that not something that already exists it's something that is is soon to be?
1: It's soon to be yeah it's, it's okay. in development right And so uh, I think kind of the, the trigger to where it's like official is when we we get we get funding to actually plant the flag and that'll probably cool. come That's it. we're in the process of doing that now so it's it's a, it's a program in development is what we're awesome. calling it right But then it'll be a program of record probably this fall. Okay. Well. And again, the, the first big event will be, uh, you know, God willing, everything kind of shakes out here is that first big event, which will really kick things off is really the summer of 2021 when we have our first uh, resident cohort, you know, uh, we're, we're messing around with different names, like gonna call it like coaching boot camp or something like that, you know, but something yeah. in the line of like tuck next step, Stanford Ignite type thing.
0: Nice, man. Boots to cleats or something. <laughs> yeah. Love it, man. Figuring it out. <laughs> right on man Go well ahead. uh now we talked we've talked about your book a couple of times uh or yeah. Book that you helped to write "Deliberate discomfort great read by the way and yes thank you for uh introducing me to the um uh, what is the name of the app now <laughs> i'm spacing on it but the uh, voice dream voice um, dream, voice dream yeah. yeah man that's uh that's super helpful okay. for not just uh, uh I I got kind of to pre-read a little bit of the book through that when uh, you sent me the PDF, but now I have the actual hard copy of the book and I've been reading that, making notes in the margins and everything. It's great stuff. Um, can you tell me how you got involved with that? Uh, what's the book all about and then how listeners can uh, get their copy?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I guess I wouldn't be a soft guy if I didn't write a book. Right. (laughs) yeah. So, uh, no, it's this. Has been a long time. It's been a project uh, company, a uh, management consulting company. I'm a part of Mission Six Zero. It's really unique. We blend the best practices from special forces or special operations and our different tribes that we're a part of, and you know, behavioral science, applied behavioral science disciplines. So we've got you know this really amazing stable of uh, veterans, like you know guys like yourself who've been there, done that in the crucible of combat. who can then translate. Their stories and lessons learned to different you know to like corporate folks uh, professional sports um and whatnot and then we have applied behavioral science practitioners and from like psych- different sects of psychology that currently talk about the so what and now what that translate what these vets went through and how that what is the art and science associated with that so we we came together with this uh this book project it's called deliver discomfort how uh, u.s special operations forces um, overcome fear and uh, dare to overcome fear and dare to win by uh, getting comfortable being uncomfortable, right? And getting comfortable being uncomfortable is a mantra that's been in our tribes for a long time. I mean, ever since they existed, right? Right. And whole embrace this whole, It's not, it, and it's going. That's the kind of the embrace the suck thing is a little bit different. Okay. This is more, and what it does is it, it follows uh, their journey of these, you know, twelve deaths, which who, who are really in reality are not part of the same team, but if you would imagine them part of the same team. Jason, our founder, and who's the author, Jason Van Camp, who's the president and CEO of Mission Six Zero. He's a medically retired Green Beret, uh, also West Point 2001 grad. We played football together. Uh, shout out to Jason, who's been just a longtime friend. He's a, like a brother to me. And so this was kind of his brainchild, and we've been talking about this for a long time. So imagine Jason, in the course of the book, you know, goes, shows up out of the qualification course for the first time in Fort Carson, Colorado, and he meets his commander for the first time. The commander you know is giving him advice on what how to be successful and to prepare his team for an upcoming fictitious deployment and through the course of the book Jason gets to meet the members of his future team and learn their stories and about what they went through and it's not a, a you know chess beater look how freaking awesome i am this is like getting this is talking about you know their trials and tribulations and their struggles both in combat and on the home front and the things that they went through and how that made them who they are as a, not just a special operations guy, but as a human being, as a leader, um, you know, father, dad, husband, that type of thing. And, and then it, each chapter, as it follows the story on the back end, has an expert in that field that talks about the theme of the book. And so we have, you know, 12 themes that are throughout this as well too. And so my job in the book, uh, I, I wrote the science section of, uh, chapter one, which is about the art, the psychology of trust, the big topic that I, I teach and lecture on. And then um, and then I, I my job was to weave together the rest of the science section. So as a contributing editor, and it's kind of the expert in behavioral science, for lack of a better term, my job was to stitch the thread across the board because you imagine it's hard enough to write a book, but let alone write a book with 25 people over the course of a year who've got different voices, styles, sure. perspectives. It's It was a big project, and um, I, I loved it. It was a labor of love. I really enjoyed it. Um, and then the product is what you see and my my hope is that it, it's just something that gives if you read it you get one thing that's going to make you better at what you do you know that's that's the goal you know and it's it's a extension of you know kind of our, our servant nature I think and I, I think it also is keeping with the tradition of warriors who through thousands of years like you and I you know we're getting ready to leave put our put our you know put our sword down you know and what do you then take forward with you to then make society better as a result of that? That's, to me, that's super important, you know? Yeah. And, uh, I think that's what we're trying to do as, as a group through this book.
0: Nice man. I love it. Uh, I love that mission. Uh, and it is a great read. Um, and it's, it's available now. Uh, it was, uh, available a few weeks ago, a few months ago for pre-order, but now it is available now on Amazon for, for our listeners. So pick yeah. up, uh, yeah. pick up your own copy there on, on Amazon. So, um, Hey brother, we're probably coming up on the end of the show. What have we not discussed that you want to make sure our listeners uh, take away from the show today?
1: Yeah, I just, uh, the big thing is like, Hey, you know, we, we talked about a lot of different things, but I, I think that, you know, through veterans path, I hope people will continue to support it. Um, there's a lot of veteran service organizations that are out there. I mean, and by last told there's, you know, like 50,000 of them out there, they call it the sea of goodwill. And I think there's, um, been being in that space and having not been in the last 10 years and advising those there's there's not many people who are willing to do it right high quality high touch for the right reasons the right way and john um, john and you and dave are doing it right man and Thanks, uh, for your, that. yeah for all your listeners that are out there if you want to hit your wagon somehow either to participate to contribute either with your dollars your time your energy i just encourage you to do that because it, it's it's not about andy and it's not about john or dave man it's about helping people uh, get better at what they do that's that's what our purpose is uh and that's that's what this is all about especially in these trying times and this is definitely you're definitely a resource people can lean on in time trying time, times and i'm just proud to be a part of it and help spread the message man
0: oh yeah man i, I sincerely appreciate that man i i i really do so yeah and and If uh, if people wanted to reach out to you to to learn more about what it is you're doing at at Texas A and M or with the Rockies or or the the fellowship how how do they get a hold of you brother?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty. uh, uh, I'm like a social media Neanderthal. I'm I'm just trying to. I try to. I try to ride in your wake on LinkedIn. uh, (laughs) Following, you know, Uh, I'm a John McCaskill wannabe on LinkedIn. But uh, yeah, no, you can find me on LinkedIn. That's my big one. the Twitter thing kind of overwhelms me still. You can follow me, me, in the too. Hashtag, uh, me coaching too. matters and uh yeah, I mean, you could you could look me up that way too. I'll eventually be on the Tech uh website pretty soon and have a, a website there. Uh, but th- those are the two, those are the best ways to get me. Uh, also on our Mission Six Zero website, you can find you can go to the www.mission60.com, it's the word mission, the number six in the word zero.com. You can find my contact information there and learn more about the book and about what we do there. Yeah. And just, um, you know, just reach out to me and I, I love, I try to stay engaged as much as I can and and especially nowadays and with the physical distancing.
0: Yeah. Right on, man. Well, all the links that you just mentioned, if you could shoot those to me afterwards, I'll make sure that they are included in the show notes so that people can look up mission six zero. They can look up the book. They can look up anything that that we've mentioned today. So Brother, it's uh, it's been great having you on here. Uh, I I definitely feel like we are brothers, uh, and even though we have never met face to face, we're uh, I know we're bound to at some point. So thanks so much for coming on the show, man. It, it really means a lot to me. I think uh, your your background is going to be helpful to many of our listeners uh, to help to improve their personal performance, and then kind of stick with your why. You're going to help to get them to the next level. So thanks again, man. It really appreciate it. Likewise, brother. See you in the arena, man. Yeah, I love that. By the way, it's on the uh, on his signature block. See you in the arena, and and uh, if you guys haven't read the uh, the man in the arena uh, by Teddy Roosevelt, uh, phenomenal uh, a phenomenal poem that uh, we as as plebes at the Naval Academy, and I'm sure something similar at West Point, we were given yeah. to help you. Uh, kind of realize that it is not about the critic who counts, but it is all about the man in the arena. And when I say man, in this day and age, that is obviously gender neutral. So, yeah. yeah hey, again, thanks, brother, uh, for our listeners and viewers. Thanks again for listening and watching our show. Please check out Veterans Path online at veteranspath.org, and we too are on social media. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, and YouTube. And if you're enjoying the podcast. Please hit the subscribe button here on the podcast or here on YouTube, leave us a comment, a review or a like, and again, share it with anyone you feel needs to hear our message. And remember, you can directly support Veterans Path by clicking on the support button on the podcast or by visiting veteranspath.org forward slash donate. Thank you all and have a blessed day. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Veterans Path Podcast. Please follow us on social media and think about sharing your story with us there and potentially on the show. Together, we can make mental health a priority, improving and saving lives.